Our scripture reading this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll read from verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, reading from verse 6, this is God's word. Paul says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give to what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you in their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God has given to you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. I'm sure at times, whenever you've been doing exams in the past, that you've maybe given an answer, you thought, why did I write that down? What a stupid answer that is. Apparently, in an RE exam, the question was asked, who is the Joan of Arc? And someone wrote, the wife of Noah. Now, (laughs) thankfully you find that funny, because you know that that's not right. And if you think that's right, well, it's okay, but it's really not right. And the reason it's not right is, is Noah was here in the timeline, and a few thousand years later, Joan of Arc was here, and it would have been very difficult for Joan to be married to Noah. It doesn't make sense, isn't that right? But imagine... If, if you knew that some people thought that and you decided that what I'm going to do is I'm never going to talk about Noah because if I talk about Noah, people will assume that he's married to the Joan of Arc. And, and I'll never talk about the Joan of Arc because if I speak about Joan, they might think that she's married to Noah and therefore I will never speak or preach on Noah and I will never mention Joan of Arc. Because I wouldn't want people to think that they're married because they're not married. They're not married. That would be daft if I thought that way. That would be crazy if I would never preach on Noah just in case people thought that he was married to Joan. And if I was talking about church history and how God leads and guides to church history, that I never mentioned Joan of Arc just in case somebody thought that she was married to Noah. That, That would be wrong of me if I did that. And yet when it comes to giving in the church, 
some people don't like to preach about giving because there's a misunderstanding with giving. And the misunderstanding is this. The church is always asking for your money. That's what the church is good at. What they're good at, they're good at asking you to give more money. And in fact, the only time the church visits you is when they want your money. That's what some people think. And some people think that, you know, if it wasn't for me, this church would be useless because I'm the only one who seems to give in this church. So some people think that it's, it's their money that keeps the church running. And some people think that the churches always want my money. They don't realize uh, maybe the debts I have. They don't realize the mortgage that I have. They don't realize the bills that I have. And yet any time the church comes to talk to me, they want more money from me. I have enough debts in my life. I've got enough bills in my life that I don't need to worry about other bills coming or other debts coming or the church coming asking for more money. That's what the church seems to talk about all the time. And yet that's not true. And therefore sometimes we think, well, we won't mention money just in case people think that we're rabbiting on about money again or rabbiting on about giving again. Um, Because that's not what giving is about. It's nothing about trying to get more money from your pockets. It's not about trying to make you feel guilty so that you give more money or, or for you to feel obliged to give more money. That's not what the Bible teaches about giving. It's nothing about what the Bible teaches about giving. And so just for a short time uh, this morning, I want us to think of, 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 of a couple of things or maybe three things about what the Bible does teach about giving. And look at those three principles, a number of principles, but we'll look at three principles of, of generous giving. Because that's the kind of giving that God wants. God doesn't want people who grudge to give to him. He doesn't want money that, that is grudged. You know, I think I might have something. Do you know what it's like? When, whenever we, we had an offering, uh, I won't tell you when it was, but we had an offering recently in, in, in Strand. And, and there was three buttons put on the offering plate. Three buttons. That's right. I was tempted to look round at the jackets of the men leaving <laughs> to see who put it in. Three buttons, you know. And uh, we have a wee honesty cafe, and we have a wee honesty box. And and this last, and I'm the one who who empties it. They get a glass region to empty the box. I don't know why that is. And uh, people have been putting in their old pound coins in this. And uh, so I've been going around town looking for people to put pound coins in. No, I haven't. And uh, but people have been putting their old pound coins into our box. What's that about? And, and some people feel as if they grudgingly give, you know, and they sort of delve into their pockets to give. Or, or sometimes what you see is they, they open up their wallet and look for the, small, the smallest coin. And then they're devastated when there's no coins. And they're looking for the smallest note. They're hoping to find a five and they're devastated if there's only a 20. And, 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 and they grudge giving it off, you know. And uh, I remember one time my dad was hitting the back of the head with a 50p piece, and it's because he dropped it. And, uh, and it's that sense of, of grudgingly give. God is not interested in that sort of giving. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. This is Paul's third letter to the church at Corinth. We think, well, we're almost certainly wrote four letters. Uh, we, we don't have the second letter and we don't have the, the fourth letter. But we have the first letter and the third letter. The, this letter we call second. Corinthians is actually the third letter. 
And he's writing to the church at Corinth. And he, he writes on a number of occasions uh, about their giving. And the first letter he commands them to give. Because he discovered that there were small churches in Macedonia who were very generous in giving to God. But the church at Corinth, who, who was a large church and who was quite a wealthy church and who was doing lots of great things, but they were quite stingy in their giving. And so he writes to them to encourage them to, to, to give. And, uh, and that's in the first letter. And it seems that by the third letter then, he's, he's encouraged by, by what he's received uh, for, for the churches that are suffering uh, because of great poverty, because of their faith. And so he's encouraged by this. And this is this chapter 9. It's in the context of being encouraged uh, by what they're doing. And this, in this chapter, then, he highlights three principles. And the first principle of generous giving is giving is one of the best gifts of grace. Giving is one of the best gifts of grace. The church of Corinth loved the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how they loved the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they were really important in the church, and they're really important in the church today, of course. But they loved the gifts, and, and, and they loved the gifts of prophecy, uh, they loved the, uh, the gifts of, of, of knowledge, uh, they, they loved all the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and, and Paul writes to them regarding the gifts of the Spirit and, and tells them to eagerly seek that the higher gifts so that they may edify the church but one of the greatest gifts of grace in the church is the gift of giving. He tells them that there's many great gifts, but one of the best gifts of grace in the church is, is the gift of giving. It's from the grace that we have received that we're able to give to others. Uh, we don't give because it makes us feel better. That's not the context we don't give because we think that we should give, but we give because we have received grace. And as we've received grace in our hearts, then the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit will come from us. And one of the best gifts is the gift of giving. To give to others who have need. To give to the ministry of God in, in this place and, and, and beyond. That's one of the greatest gifts of grace that we can have. And each one of us is called to the gift of giving. We give because we've received. We give because we have grace within us. I follow football. I'm sure you've noticed by now I follow football. But, you know, when I was a wee boy, I always wanted to be Colin Steen. Colin Steen, that's who I wanted to be when I was a wee boy. And if you don't know who Colin Steen is, that is shocking. That is absolutely shocking. For those of you who are intelligent, for the, you will know Colin Steen. Colin Steen was number nine in Glasgow Rangers. Boy, he was a great player. And I wanted to be like Colin Steen. The problem is, I didn't have a head like Colin Steen. I had a head the shape of a triangle. If I wanted to head the ball this way, it went that way. Colin Steen could head of the ball. The other problem I had is I didn't have feet like Colin Steen. Colin Steen could score a goal. When I kicked a ball, then my, 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 my shot would have gone that way. 
And that was a great shot. The problem was the goal was there. And I wasn't good as shooting. And the thing was, I wanted to be like Colin Seen, but I didn't have his head and didn't have his feet. And I also didn't have his heart. He really knew how to play football. He knew how to read football. He was wonderful at being a footballer. Wonderful. And I wanted to be like him. And even though I wanted to be like him, I couldn't be like him because I didn't have the gifts that he had. It was wonderful. And I wasn't. I was the exact opposite. But the great thing about being a Christian is that the Holy Spirit lives within me. And the Holy Spirit lives within you. And therefore, that's why whenever Jesus said, you know, when the Spirit comes, you'll be able to do these things. In fact, you'll be able to do greater things than I've been doing when the Holy Spirit comes. And we don't really understand, well, we didn't maybe understand what that meant. But what he's saying is this, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you and lives within me. And so because we have the Holy Spirit living within us, then we have the grace of God living within us. Therefore, we should be people who are great at giving because we've received the gift of grace within us. And that leads us to the second point. Giving is an example of God's love within us. And so not only is, is, is giving one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it's the gift of grace within us, it's also an example of God's love in us. Because God lives within us, because we're a new creation, then giving becomes natural to us as Christians. We should be generous. It's, it's odd when people say that, that someone is, is a mean Christian. And when he wrote to the Corinthians in, 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 in the first letter, he was surprised by their meanness. There was a number of issues with the church at Corinth. Although they seemed to be really lively and lots of things were happening, he writes to them and, and, and he tells them off about their lack of love. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is all about. They're lacking in love for one another. So they might have lots of great things happening in the church, but they didn't have love. And a consequence of that, another reason he writes uh, the first letter, is not only they're lacking in love, but they're lacking in generosity because they, they're lacking love. A church that is loving will be a church that is generous. So we give not because we have to. We give because Christ lives within us, the hope of glory. Because God is within us, then God, who is a, a giving God, helps us to be a giving people. So we give with generous hearts to God's work because God lives within us. And the third principle then, is giving is a proper response to God's provision in our life. If we were to count our blessings, oh, how many they would be. There was a, a very good friend of mine in, in Market Hill, and he used to say, Danny, I'm the richest man in Market Hill. Actually, in, in, in material terms, he wasn't. There was a wee man in Market Hill, and he was the richest man. Every house and every shop that went up for sale in Market Hill, he bought it. Uh, and nearly the whole of Market Hill belongs to one man. And, uh, but Edwin said, I'm the richest man in Market Hill. 
It says, because I love the Lord, and my wife loves the Lord, and my three girls love the Lord. I'm the richest man in Market Hill. And he's right. Isn't that a blessing from God? How he loved the Lord, his wife loved the Lord, and his children loved the Lord. He was able to say, God has been good to us as a family. And therefore, it's easy to be generous when God is good to us. And, and, and when we look at our lives, and we think of where God has led us, then surely it leads us to the fact that we're bound to be generous, that we're bound to give of what God has given us because God has already given this to us. And so therefore we shouldn't grudge giving it to his church and to his ministry and to his work on earth because what we have has been given to us by God himself. And so it's the proper response, this idea that we can be mean after God has been so good to us. It seems absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? And therefore, when we think about giving in the church, it's not that the church is asking for more money. It's not that the church is rubbing on again more money. We need your money to pay the bills. That's not what this is about. It's about reminding ourselves what giving is all about. Giving is recognizing is one of the greatest gifts of grace. We're able to give of ourselves. In the radio this morning, they were talking about, you know, can, can you give from a pure heart? And they came to the conclusion that really you can't. Most people give because uh, it makes them feel better or, or because it makes people think well of them. And if you look at the way that we do giving now, I'm talking about in society, it's always linked with other things, isn't it? So we have things called sport relief or, or uh, children in need. And, 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 and what they do is conjole people to give. And so they say, look, why don't you do something daft? Why don't you have a bath in, in, in baked beans? And if you have a bath in baked beans, people give you money for having a bath in baked beans. And therefore, you can give that money to children in need or sports relief. And uh, as a Glaswegian, I couldn't think of anything worse I would have to feel obliged to eat the beans uh, because if I think if they're in the bath, I wouldn't want to waste them. And the thought of eating the beans after I've been having a bath and it just wouldn't work for me. But it's this idea of, you know, you get people to do things and because they do these things, you know, sort of we give them money and you have these people who are, who are TV stars, I think, and, and, and they do these daft things so that we'll give them more. And if you watch the program, it's, we've, we've reached a million, and, and, and let's see if we can get to two million. And they're always conjoling people. Or, or you have Uncle Hugo, and he says, well, listen, we've, we've, we'll be able to let you come in and do the radio with me if you give 500 pounds. I thought, I would give you 500 pounds if I didn't have to do the radio with you. And, 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 but he's trying to conjole people to give, give, give. And that's how the world works. That's how the world works. Or you, or you see these posters up maybe for action cancer. Walk the, 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 the wall of China or, or Paris sale and do this. In other words, do some great experience and then get people to sponsor you so that you can give to charity. It's all about me, 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 or you, you, you. This idea of conjoling people, trying to convince people that it's a good idea to give. 
That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that giving comes from within us. And the reason it comes from within us is because God lives within us. And so we don't need any conjoling from the front to give. We don't need some sort of um, a campaign for me to say, look, this is how we're going to do it. And we've got a thermometer here and let's even get the thermometer a bit higher. And the more you give, the higher it goes. We don't need any of that in the church because it's all about who we are. And giving should be natural for us in a supernatural way because Christ lives within us. And so over this next week, over this next fortnight, over this next year, over our this life of ours, let's be people who are giving people, who are generous people, who give because of who we are in Christ. And therefore, it is not a sacrifice to give. I remember reading an article one time that said, you know, isn't it amazing that to go on holiday with 20 pounds is, is really nowhere near enough. To put 20 pounds in an envelope in church is a way too much. We would pay hundreds of pounds for a new TV to go in the spare room that we never watch. We might pay thousands of pounds to put a new suite of furniture in a room we hardly ever use. We go on holiday and we come back with friends and, and they were on holiday. They went to a, a cruise in the Caribbean. They spent £5,900 for two people. £5,900 for two people. 700 of that was the insurance to go. And uh, to go on insurance. And they came back and said, it was terrible. It was too hot. It was too hot. £5,900 to say it was too hot. Go on a sauna for half an hour and, 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 and that would do you right. You know, we, we, we spend thousands of pounds on things and yet when it comes to our generosity in Christ, we seem to lose it. Let's be people who are filled with the Spirit of God. Let's be people who are generous out of what we have and what we don't have. Because it's not about whether you're rich or you're not. It's about your heart in Christ. That's what God wants, a generosity of spirit. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we thank you for who we are in you. We thank you that we are a new creation. We thank you, Lord, that when you look at us, you see us as righteous because we are in Christ. We thank you for how you lead and you guide. We thank you for how you bless us and how you pour into our life your mercy and your grace, your strength and your might. We thank you that we may be weak, but you are strong. We thank you that we are your children. No longer, as Paul says, are we children of wrath, but we're children of God. No longer are we dead in our sins, but we're alive in Christ. No longer are we under condemnation, but we're now under grace. Lord, we thank you for who we are. 
Help us to live it. Help us to give with generous hearts because of who you are and the fact that you live within us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.